Blog Talk Radio. See Ham on the track. You know how we do it, man. My boy, CDP, see the phenol. Hey, you. Rolling for the side, you don't want to try, we rolling no two guys like 
the looser, touching down, touch down, holding the crystal ball, clutching crown dynasty. Well, Brian's ghost steady reminded me our defense dominant, plus offensive line of beat, running back, safeties and cornerbacks. We on attack, roll tide, 200 interceptions, 100 sacks, elephants are super intelligent. But if ever pushed, we'll don't want eagles and gators if they are edible. Sports and a highlight, they say are incredible. Look up at the scoreboard, if they we're ahead of you, roll tide. You should just pledge it too, from some tired nation. That is who you reppin' to. I'm so Alabama, I'm so Alabama, I'm so Alabama, I'm so Alabama, hey, roll tide, roll tide, roll tide, roll tide. Alabama, 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 Alabama,
Oh yeah. One mile, one mile. One mile, one mile. Get him up, up. Oh yeah, CMG, 2 AM crew, what's good? Ben Nation, I see y'all. New York, we out here doing our thing. It just don't stop, right? Not for us. Uh. Climbing down the ladder Two coming up with that real That's my natural hazard Word We those young men with those sharp minds Going all in, it's no part time And we taking that cause it's our time Same drive with that new gas And that's old school, just new class Cameras out like news flash And we hit the sky with that new cash Word And I've been running for days Ever since I broke up out of the cage Been up and away like par fives We drive them insane And I leave no trace on the place I fade away till I made a way clean Got the whole world on the case But no matter what you won't stop my team I'm moving through the city Busy riding deep Getting stronger by the day They weaker by the week Competition gets outworked So it works out fine And every single minute we in it We break limits from 10 miles out You can see us shine What's good? Yeah, yeah, been working 
that perfection Trying to manifest these blessings Told them live it to the max So I ain't never feeling less than Then these haters trying to question Will he make it? Is he destined? I told you I'm the truth A living walking confession I ain't lying, I ain't posting I'm just driving, I'm just hoping That I'll find an opportunity And that a door will open So I never pay attention When they tell me that I'm chosen Cause I know I'm far from famous Even though they know I'm blowing up Took a while, but they know it's cow When I'm rolling up, people doubt Always ask me how, but I'm sure enough That I'll be the greatest that my town has ever seen Be the one to pick them up when they're down Like a towing truck Working, yeah, I'm working Put my team on, that's for certain I swear that's the naked truth Hiding behind those shower curtains I managed to keep it clean Making music without cursing Now I'm entering the system Watch me do it like a surgeon That's for certain searching for this truth here. Welcome to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Sorry about the whole technical difficulties and everything. Got my man Scott Smith online with us, as well as T-Rex. Guys, welcome. Welcome to Iron Bowl, Bedlam, good old-fashioned hate, rivalry week show. Welcome. How you guys doing out there today? Uh, doing great, doing great. I'm getting ready for some getting ready for some big games today. Oh yeah, we got some big games coming. We got Bedlam, we got the Iron Bowl, the battle for the Golden Shillelagh, Stanford and Stanford and Notre Dame. <clears throat> but first off, I just want I want to I I hit on this yesterday, and it still bothers me even now. The whole situation with Les Miles. And LSU 
where he's hinted that today's game will be his last game um, as LSU coach. And I went through some went through some historical facts beforehand yesterday, where when Curly Holman was the coach there, and then they fired him and got and brought in Jerry Donardo, and they went two and ten and and one and ten in the time two and two and nine and one and ten when he was there the two years he was there. Is this reverting back to that if they get rid of Les Miles? Absolutely not. Not not if you get Jimbo Fisher. I mean, bottom line is the state of Louisiana produces more NFL players per capita than any state in the country. So, you know, you got to think of gas. You can recruit national championship caliber players at LSU. I've never thought Les Miles was a great coach. I think LSU, the LSU machine, what it is now, recruits itself. And Les Miles, I've always felt like the average football coach. Uh, He's never been a coordinator. To me, that says something. He's more of a raw, raw guy. I'm not big on those guys. I wouldn't want him to coach Notre Dame. Jimbo Fisher to me would be an upgrade. However, you better make sure you can get Jimbo Fisher. Because if you if you get something less than less miles, then that's I believe that that could be a mistake. But to me, Jimbo Fisher would be an upgrade. Do you think that the one ten and thirty five record that he's had over the past eleven years gives him a, a reprieve for this season, or no? It should. I'm mean, to be honest with you. I, that's one of the, to me, there's two different answers. Because I personally think Les Miles is an idiot, just to be point blank. I don't think <laughs> he's a real good coach. However, 110 wins, you might should get another year. Yeah. I mean, so I, I think it's a double-edged sword. You can go either way. Uh, he's probably earned it. However, to me, uh, to a man, I don't think he's a real good coach. So, uh, yeah, he probably deserves another year. You know, and with with a lot of these – other jobs that are open right now. Can he take another job somewhere else? Say the Virginia Tech job, or if the Georgia job comes open, will he go to Georgia? Or I mean, how how would you? What would you? I mean, what do you see him going if he's not LSU coach? In my opinion, the SEC doesn't. I don't think SEC fans. Teams, uh, I don't think they think a lot of Les Miles is a coach. I mean, I don't think Georgia would look at Les Miles. Uh, now, on the other hand, you look at Delaware, Virginia Tech. If that's not Bud Foster's job, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're drinking up there. That, that's I, I, would, I would agree. No, so you know, you know, you know it, 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 it depends on the job. I mean, I think that to me, if, you know, some of these jobs that are open probably should definitely look at Les Miles. I don't know if Les Miles will look at them. I mean, he's making what five, six million a year now. Is he going to take a pay cut? This is a good point. I mean, you got some got some names that have been coming up in the last few days and a few weeks. Um, Justin Fuente, for one, the coach at the coach at uh, Memphis, Sam Houston State uh, head coach Casey Keeler has come up in a lot of conversations, especially the Miami job. I don't. I mean, we know what Casey Keeler can do. At the one double A level, I mean, he won a national championship at Delaware, and he's at Sam Houston State, pretty much doing the same thing there, winning the share of the Southland Conference this year. Do you think that that anybody would actually take a risk on two coaches that haven't coached that 
the top five or the power five level? I don't think the people would ever want to tell as you would. Um, now, now, with that being said, with a, a program that basically competed for national championships in the past five years, it's not going to look at Justin Fuente, if you ask me. But now, I think that's a considered option for somebody like Miami. Um, you know, somebody that maybe you know, that's a big program that is on downtown. Um, I think that's an option for some, you know, somebody in that range. But I think LSU, you can find this match, you've got to upgrade. It'd have to be a Jimbo Fisher or some surprise name, you know, one of the big fish like, like a John Gruden or somebody. Otherwise, you can't really justify letting it go. And the rumor about John Gruden is that he sat down with Pat Hayden not too long ago and discussed the, the USC job. Yeah, I tell you what, just about that'd be a that'd be a grand slam if you're at as a Notre Dame fan. I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> no, I, I hope it falls on that one. I mean, I really, I, I mean, John Gruden as a college coach, I can see it, but I can't really. I don't think he's the college guy. I think he's more of an NFL coach. I think he's. I think he's more suited for the pro game than he is for the college game. Kind of like Pete Carroll was, but he actually molded himself into a college coach. I mean, would you agree yeah. with that? Or that, That's true. I, I, what I like about Gruden, I, I see a similar uh, presence at the Harbaugh. I think Gruden, you know, he has that rare combination of being able to connect with any, any age whether it be a professional or, or a high school kid or a college player, uh, and at the same time he's a tremendous X and O's coach. But he's, I think he can, I think John Gruden would be a great coach at the at the NFL. I mean, at the uh, in high school football. It, to me, it wouldn't matter what level it's at. He he's one of the rare uh, personalities that can connect along every level, and I think he's the awesome talent. Yeah, you know, I would I would definitely, you know, I definitely see your point there, and. Again, you know, you said that Rara coach like like a Les Miles. Pete Carroll was the, was that same kind of coach, but he was stern, and he had the respect of his locker room. I don't think Les Miles has the respect of the locker room like he had in the past. I mean, he's lost a lot of recruits just in the past month. He lost his prize quarterback, who was going to be a January enrollee, and he's going to visit Florida today. I mean, does that impact a lot um, in regards of his job security, or or is that just well, a formality? I, I think you're 100 right, I, and I'll tell you why. I, I agree. With, I, I think that I believe that a lot of players, the key three of us, that. You know, I remember a coach, you know, in a similar similar vein. He is, like, and I love hearing him talk. I like he's very smart. But Herman Edwards is, is, is similar. Where a guy that's coordinator, basically, he was trying to connect to his players on a raw, raw level. Well, that wears out when you're losing. The, the kids, when they lose a few games, they, you need somebody at the head coach that you believe knows X and O's that, that, is, that is ahead of, of, you know, you need to be able to believe in something other than this raw, raw stuff. And Les Miles is in a similar area of Herman Edwards was that once you start going downhill, what has he done? Has he ever been a coordinator? Nope. Well, what is he, a line coach? 
All right, so he, he's a raw, raw guy. That's, that's what his connect, connect is. Well, when you're not winning, that struggles. That struggles to connect. He's lucky. You look at Alabama, Nick Saban's been losing. The players, even when they're losing, can believe that Nick Saban still a defensive genius. That he's still Nick Saban. What do you believe in this mouth? He's never coordinated anything. That's my that's my thing. I would definitely agree with you on that because, you know, when when you look at when you look at the top coaches in the country, like like a Nick Saban, like a Gus Malzahn, Jim McElwain, those are X's and O's guys. You know, and a lot of those these coaches, they have a different kind of vein in them than than most coaches do. They have that mindset that you're not going to beat my team. If you're going to beat us, we're not going to beat. We're not going to let you beat us. We'll beat ourselves. And I think that's what happens a lot. That's what happened a lot this season, especially for Auburn, as opposed to Alabama. In that one hiccup that they had, would you would you would you say that that that's more of a I don't know how you would call it. Would you say that that's more of a of just a hiccup, or would you say that that that's just the way that it went this season for the, for those coaches? I believe it's it's a hiccup. Uh, you know, to the being that sometimes you're gonna have you're gonna have off years or. You know, you're going to have things that are they're an aberration. And some guys, I feel like, I feel like, you know, and I, as bad as I hate to say, you know, when it comes to a struggling program, um, like, for instance, Auburn didn't have a great year. Like, LSU didn't have a great year. To me, they're different animals. Um, to me, Gus Malzahn has something. He has a offensive acumen that you can build off of that you know is going to be there next year. You know it's going to be there the year after. You know it's going to be something that maybe this just, just was just a, uh, you know, this was just a, a temporary, uh, temporary hiccup as we go along the line of he'll, you know, their offense will be back next year and Auburn will, Auburn will get better. The Malzahn will make them better. But Les Miles, on the other hand, this might not be a hiccup. So it's just kind of one of those things where it's case by case basis. I believe Auburn definitely just a hiccup and Auburn will be back next year with a pretty good team. I definitely would agree with you. I, and, you know, the one thing about – the SEC and, and and the ACC and the Pac-12 and even the Big 12, you have so many great matchups, so many teams that will surprise you on any given Saturday that you have to be ready for the hiccups and you have to be ready for aberrations, kind of like what happened this season and kind of like what's going on right now in the Big 12 where – Pretty much like like we both predicted back in the summer, they were going to cannibalize themselves with this with this back heavy schedule. Um, yep. is, is the Big Twelve actually playing themselves out of the playoffs yet again, or are they playing themselves in, depending on what Oklahoma and Oklahoma State do tonight? Well, I mean, this is in my opinion, I believe that he's going to go out of their way to not put the Big Twelve out again. And I say that because, and maybe I'm more biased because I'm wrong, but if the only way Oklahoma can jump Notre Dame when they both have the same records, <laughs> and Notre Dame beat Texas by 30, Oklahoma lost by 30, the only way they can jump them would be if you said, hey, we need to get a big 12 team in. And they did. 
So I assume the Big 12 is going to get in. That, that, that's just something they're going to attempt to make happen. Now, if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma, there's no way they're going to be able to do that. But I think the committee wants to make sure they don't let the Big 12 out of camp. I mean, after after last year, with that debacle, with the Bill Bowles, with, with Commissioner Bowlesby declaring a co-champion, and now the slogan is nine games, one champion. Is he has, has he lost the plot in being the commissioner of the Big Twelve, or is it time for the Big Twelve to at least get twelve teams back into the fold and have a championship game? I mean, here my my opinion on the championship game thing is. I believe that championship games rarely needed in any conference because everybody else is doing it. I guess you have to. Uh, rarely does it. Rarely you look at championship games. You look at every one that's ever happened at every conference, whenever they're necessary. I mean, even the years when Kansas State lost, they were undefeated to Big Twelve champs and lost to like nine four Colorado or whatever. Was that game even necessary? Kansas State shouldn't have had to play that game. So to me, nobody stepped out of game. I mean, all the years they stepped out of games. Why, why does Alabama have to play Missouri? And people like, I mean, sometimes it's not necessary. Most of the time it's not necessary. But because everybody else is doing it, yeah, they probably need to look at it. You know, they probably do need to consider adding it because it, 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 is, it is a benefit to a lot of other teams. And looking at the Big Ten championship game, you have Iowa from the West. You have Michigan, Michigan State or Ohio State possibly going in and Iowa is an underdog against these three schools. The likelihood of Iowa going undefeated to me is very, very high. I think that they have a better, they don't have the great athletes that those three schools have, but they've got more heart and they've got better team play than those other three schools. They are Do you think sound? They are they're, they're fundamentally sound across the board. I watched yesterday. I'll tell you, they're more athletic than I think people give them credit for. I don't think they're as athletic as Ohio State, but I think they have better athletes than people give them credit for. Well, I, I I definitely agree with you, and and. You know, one of the one of the big things about yesterday was for me was seeing schools like Iowa, seeing schools like Navy and Houston, finally, finally just watching them both and seeing what level of play that they're at, and knowing now what I've seen. Navy is a team on the rise. And maybe if they went back to being an independent, maybe, just maybe, would they be in that talk of of a, of a um, New Year's Six? Well, I think they, they would have been in the New Year's Six up until yesterday. I guess Houston put it on pretty good, but I do agree with you that Navy's on the rise. You know, Notre Dame playing this year. I thought Navy was a very good team. Considerably better than Georgia Tech in comparison. I, we played a back-to-back week, so it was kind of a kind of an easy way to compare. I was very impressed with Navy. 
that they have an excellent coach. Uh, I can't remember how to pronounce it. No, he has Jim Somala. <laughs> but he, he is a terrific coach. They're, they're, their quarterback is legit. They, they're very good. Uh, on the other hand, Houston's very good. I, I'll tell you what I like, actually. Uh, maybe in that American Conference, people are underestimating. That American Conference is pretty good. I mean, there's some good football teams in that conference, Memphis and Houston and Navy and uh, uh, so would you would you put the American in that in that power five and make it a power six since you have top level play in the American as opposed uh, I, 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 to the I, I, MAC I, I, or the, I, I, the Mountain West? I think it's obvious. I think it's obvious for Boise State down that over the next few years, more than likely the American's going to get. They're going to have the team, whoever it be, they're usually going to have the team that's going to be that group of five team that's going to play in the New Year's Six Bowl, uh, in, the, in the New you know, the Big Six Bowl. I wouldn't let them, let's see how they do, you know, give me two or three, five, four games. If you can win those games, if your champion is capable of winning that game, yeah, put them in. Definitely, definitely. And we're going to take a quick session break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk some Alabama high school football next week, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, the Super 7. know you got some, some players in those games, in all seven of those games. We're going to come back. We're going to break down a couple of those big games there, especially the 7A game, Spain Park. And with Spain Park making their first ever state championship game. But we're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back.
Welcome back into the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. Have my man, my friend, Mr. Scott Smith online with us. Scott, appreciate you being being on the show. Miss you being on the show. Before we jump into the high school playoff high school playoff brackets in Alabama and Georgia, I know you I know you coached your son Street in this past season in football. How did your son's team do this year? Oh, we ended up having a good year. We went eight and three. Uh, we had a little bit of a disappointing uh, ending. We lost the first round of the playoffs, thirty-five to thirty-two. Which, if, if you've never seen five, six, and seven-year-old football, thirty-five, thirty-two is like it's like sixty to fifty-nine in in college football. <laughs> it, it was a it was a crazy hectic game. The other team uh, was well coached, and uh, we just didn't have the ball last. But uh, it was a very good year. We, we, we pretty much uh, the only losses we took were teams that were that were just better than us. Uh, other than that, but other than the playoff game, I feel like we could have won that one. But we did really good. And in my son's first year of football playing ever, he uh, he uh, started off in July. He probably couldn't miss football. And by the end of this year, he was my most physical player. So uh, I was pretty pretty <laughs> proud of the whole group. And it was a good year. It was a, it was a learning learning experience. <laughs> To say the least, to say the least. <laughs> congratulations on a great year, and congratulations to some to some of these teams that have made it to the Super Seven. Um, this year, be played in Tuscaloosa, of course. In odd year, in odd years, they played in Tuscaloosa. The even years, they played in Auburn. And the one and eight championship game, you don't see the typical teams that you would normally see in 1A, like the Georgianas or or the teams like that make it that far. This year you have Maplesville and Cedar Bluff. What do you know about these two teams that people should know about? Uh, Cedar Bluff is really big. They're physical. Um, one of my contacts, the coach, uh, I played high school for him named uh, Ken Fordham. He's the head coach of Wanton. They played Cedar Bluff in the playoffs two weeks ago. He told me before the game they were very, they were, said they were very big and very physical, and uh, I haven't seen them, but going coach Florida, he does his blow smoke, so I'm sure they're they're pretty tough. They're going to have to be. But I'm telling you something, Maplesville's probably going to set the scorch to earth. <laughs> Maplesville's fast, <laughs> real fast. So uh, I, if, I, if I was a betting man, I'd say Maplesville wins this game by three or four touchdowns. 
Wow. And, you know, a local team to a local team, Randolph County, didn't quite make it past Fife. I know Fife has been a top five team in 2A all season. And at one point were number one in the season, during the season. They play Elba in the championship game next week. I'm going to tell you what, that's going to be a heck of a game. Fife, Fife is up in the, the area I recently moved to, Gunnersville. Uh, Fife is actually one of the teams, like in the Pee Wee, we played Fife. The impressive thing about Fife, I'm going to tell you, they run their head coach, is a guy named Lachlan Benefield, is a head coach of the varsity. And they run the double wing wing tee, and they run it all the way down into midget football. We faced Fife, and they ran that they ran that offense in the five six seven area. They are a well old machine when it comes to a system. They are the perfect example of kind of a what I guess you'd say a midget Hoover, a, a miniature Hoover. Uh, they they are Fife is an excellent an excellent program, well backed by the community. I knew Randolph County was having a tough time last night. Fife doesn't have the best athletes in the state. But Fife's kind of like we talked about Iowa. They don't beat themselves. They're very, very sound fundamentally across the board. The elbow, on the other hand, the elbow's going to be fast. The elbow's going to be fast, wide open spread. Uh, that is probably the most intriguing game of the matchups I've seen uh, of the playoffs. I'm interested to see how that turns out because I think that's a true 50-50 to go either way game. The 3A game is pretty much intriguing to me because I've seen Piedmont play this year. And I've seen Bayside Academy play a little bit this year. Bayside and Piedmont are pretty much one and the same, except they do things a little bit differently. Um, they're both well coached, but one's a running team and the other not so much a running team. They're 50-50. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, I tell you, it was surprising to me. Uh, I, this is the part that shocked me. I think the Bayside Academy should be congratulated for doing a great job. Uh, there's a kid that was their quarterback last year, six foot seven, big time recruit. Uh, actually signed up with me. Uh, that trade there and transferred. And to get to the fatality, you have to lose a kid of that caliber. It's pretty amazing. So I think Bayside Academy has done a tremendous job. With that said, Piedmont's a handful. Piedmont's a handful. Uh, I think Piedmont is peaking at the right time. If you were to tell, you were looking at the five or six games and say, is Piedmont going to make a state title game? I don't think anybody told you, yeah. But they have really gotten better as the season went on. I think they're playing their best football now. And, and uh, I would take Piedmont as a slight favorite. But base has a good team. And you go up to 4A and Leeds and Fayette County. Leeds, you know, of course, you know, the high school of Charles Barkley. Fayette County just been a solid football team for years. Even though they've had their down years the last few years, you finally see them rising up to the top again. What do you think about this game? I am interested in this game, I'm going to tell you, because I don't know a lot about Fayette County other than they, uh, they pretty much they have uh, been the last few years they haven't been to be I think they have some good players. I've seen some, some guys that uh, they've had last year that are pretty good. I know Leach beat them fairly handily two years ago, two or three years ago, in a regular season game, or maybe in the first round playoffs, something like that. Leach is kind of like we just said about Piedmont. Leach is playing their best football. That's a program I deal with on a regular basis. Coach Keith Dessridge up there is one of the best coaches in the state. Uh, one of my running backs, Trey Nation, is a monster. About 225 pounds and just a power back. And in 4A, you ain't willing to see him. 
Uh, they, you know, like I said, I think Lee, if they had County beat Leeds, they they earned it. They earned it because Leeds is, is playing real good. Mumford beat them earlier this year, and they came back last night. And they took Mumford out pretty quick. I know Mumford fought back, but that Leeds jumped on them pretty quick. And we jump over to 5A, and your Gunnersville team lost to Mortimer Jordan in the quarterfinals. We all know Gunnersville is going to be back next year. Is this Mortimer Jordan team just as good or better than advertised as oh, they play good. St. Paul? Absolutely, they're very good. Um, I think, you know, it's kind of becoming a trend. that The schools are peaking at the right time. You know, Mortimer Jordan, to me, coming into the playoffs, uh, you know, looking at the brackets, me, I, I tell one of Gunnersville's coaches about this, I kind of felt like, I feel like, you know, looking at it, Gunnersville would, would uh, be playing we know in that third round. Well, Monomer Jordan woke up in the second round and just, you know, they scored 30 points on a we know team and had given up 72 all year. So, uh, I think Monomer Jordan is obviously, they are really good. Now, with that being said, they're going to have a handful, uh, you know, in Tuscaloosa, they're going to have a handful. And, you know, we don't really talk much about St. Paul's Episcopal other than the fact that the last two starting quarterbacks there are both have both gone to Alabama. And they both led their school – they both led the school to state championships. Is this the year for St. Paul's and that quarterback that they have this year who's on the cusp of being an Elite 11 quarterback – is is he is he that good? Um, I, I haven't seen him this year, to be honest with you. I haven't seen him, but I will tell you, St. Paul's on a on a year to year basis. They coach him up. Uh, they they are you know last year they were the best team in five A, and and obviously they uh you know beating beating Jackson is, is you know pretty impressive. So I think if beating Jackson kind of showed me that more than likely they're going to be able to you know handle Mullen Jordan. Um, but I haven't seen St. Paul's quarterback yet this year. Uh, Bill, a lot of my guys. He's not one of the guys. He's not one of the guys that. Uh, he's not one of the guys that uh, that I dealt with on a year to year basis. But I, I've definitely heard good. In the six A state championship game, this one for me is probably the the most intriguing because I've seen Clay Chalkville play. I saw the Homewood game, and I saw how good. And I, we all know how good Spanish Ford is. This is this is this that that game of the year type deal between Spanish Fort and Clay Chalkville? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think that's that is, that's an awesome matchup. Clay Chalkville, I'm gonna tell you that they got the best athletes I've seen. Uh, Hoover, Spain Park, and you, know, you can talk about those kind of guys all you want. Clay Chalkville, to me, for my money, Clay Chalkville is the best team in the state, regardless of classification. Um, they are blistering fast. I mean, they have college. College football level speed. Um, that's that's. Now they're not real physical. You can score on them, but stopping them, good luck. <laughs> they can run. They're I mean, and they run. You're talking athletes that are third and fourteen that can run four, five, and four, six, and forty. So <laughs> just an immense level of speed. And the and the big one, seven uh, A McGill Tulin and Spain Park. McGill Tulin's been there before. Spain Park, what their second or third time around in the state championship game. 
They beat Hoover twice this year. That's First time they've ever done that. Well, McGill's got a lot of talent. I'll give him that. McGill's got a ton of talent overall. Spain Park, me though. If we were having a, a, a if we were having a tournament of, of everybody in the state, I guess we're gonna find out. But I think Spain Park would be the second best team in the state behind Clay Travel. Spain Park's defense is nasty. They've got a defensive tackle. This uh, one of my players. He's uh, six about six foot and about two hundred seventy five pounds. He is a haul. At, uh, he's named Markel Clark. He is a handful, and I think um, you know when you talk about overall defensive talent. They, I would love to see Spain Park's defense match up as Clay Chalk's offense. Obviously, we won't get to see that, unfortunately, since they broke into seven classifications. But um, yeah, I think Spain Park's defense is tough. Tough. It's going to be hard to, it's going to be hard to, um, to for for Ismael McGill to, to move the football on. Yeah, and I watched I watched the Central McGill game on TV last week, and McGill too, and went up early but didn't finish the way that they should have finished against a real good central team. Can this come back to hurt them or will it haunt them or will they be ready and focused to play Spain Park? I mean, I think McGill, I got a lot of respect for McGill, that the coach staff. I've always had talent. He's kind of, a couple, couple of years ago, I remember I worked with uh, one of their, their quarterbacks in 2011 and 2012. And I, I mean, I, I worked with Hoover at the same time on several guys. McGill had more athletic abilities than Hoover, but McGill didn't believe in themselves. Now the question is going to be: You know, Spain Park believes in themselves after beating Hoover, so you know, you know, Spain Park believes they should be there. The question will be: Will McGill believe that they belong when they've never really been? You know, this, this, these players haven't never been to this level. Plays in the region with Hoover, they're in this level all the time. Uh, but you know, as far, as far as you know, playing big games and big spots. They're used to it. If you don't have questions, well, they believe it. Like you said about Central, I would say that the mentality of a big team is still trying to gauge whether they believe in themselves or not. There's one reason why they may not put them away. Make no mistake, if Timbers or, or St. Paul were to get all sense they probably would have put them away. You know? So I think, uh, to me, that's mentally just where I do the age of St. Paul. And and I would I would definitely want to see this matchup because it's just a battle of wills, per se, like you just said. And and I'm very excited to see the Super Seven. Um, you'll see them on if you have Bounce TV in your area. All seven of those games will be on on Bounce TV, which is the WTVM uh, second band equivalent um, in Alabama and Georgia. So you'll be able to see all seven of those games. Now we bounce over to Georgia and they're at the semifinal stage and some great matchups from class a, which is split in the public and private. Also double a triple a all the way up to six a we'll start with six a in the semifinal matchup. You got Grayson on one side, Roswell on the other side. Both of these schools undefeated. Both of these schools ranked top five in the state every year this year, all the way through. Grayson and Roswell on one side, Cockwood County and Mill Creek on the other side. 
I, I don't know if you have any guys from any of any of those four schools, but I, I have a couple of guys from Mill Creek. Yeah, um, they're probably probably going to have their hands full Friday night. But I got a couple of guys from Mill Creek. They, they got they got a uh, you know extra third step extra program there. Uh, like I said, now when you're dealing with Rush Probes, good luck. Uh, oh yeah. Seen him in Alabama over And Cockwood had a close win last night at, in coming Georgia against South Forsyth. Um, actually, it was their closest win of the season. They actually won this game by by a touchdown. Mill Creek, on the other hand, um, I actually got to watch this game last night on uh, on Georgia Public Broadcasting. They shut out Archer, which was preseason number one, number two, um, according to most publications. And they actually pushed Cockwood to the brink last year in the state championship game. Mill Creek has Mill Creek won the coin toss in this situation, and they'll be at home to Cockwood. Cockwood will be on the road for the second straight week. Do you give the advantage to the home team, or is Cockwood just that good? I give the advantage of the team to rush folks close to them. Um, Hill Creek Dodgers is being at home and going to help them. Uh, I've been up there. They have some tremendous facilities for a high school program. They're, they're going to be ready. They're, they're flat. It's going to be packed. It's going to be noisy. And all that's going to matter if about a quarter. I give the advantage of rush folks the last three quarters. I would agree. I, I, and He's good. He's good. <laughs> And that quarterback that they have at, at Cockwood, uh, he's not getting many many offers, but the job that he does, he he reminds me a lot of he reminds me a lot of John Parker Wilson in a way. He's got a good arm, he's athletic, but didn't don't, doesn't have the pedigree that John Parker had, where you went four years in a row against Pat White and Daphne. Where Cockwood doesn't have that 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 rival in the state championship. I mean, I think the I think the best way of describing him is that he he's just he's just a winner. I mean, they've won they've won twenty eight in a row now, and I I I can't bet against Cockwood, but. The other two teams on, on the other half of, the, of this bracket, Grayson and Roswell. Grayson, you don't you don't really put up the points that you put up on on a Valdosta team the way that they did and have a running clock at the end of the game and yeah, not I, have I, a great. I haven't season. seen Roswell, but I've seen Grayson, and what I saw on film of Grayson, they were pretty impressive. They had a lot of athletes. They were they were very explosive. In Roswell, you know, they're two years removed from a one and nine season, and they're undefeated, and they're undefeated at this stage for the first time ever. And this is a good program out of Cobb County. I, I mean, you got two, you got two Gwinnett County schools, you got a school from the south, and and the Cobb County school. I, this is probably one of the deepest. 6A brackets I've seen in a very long time. Now, moving forward to the 5A bracket quarterfinals, you got Glen Academy and Ware County, Alatoona and Northgate. Do you have any kids from those four schools? Uh, 
they went up and looked at uh, at Buford how they implement their system as a whole. Always, you know, like we like I mentioned about Fire State, looked at their system how they implemented from from termite football up through high school, and he just said, you know, it's a basically it's, like, it's a machine, it's a well old machine. He said they, you know, they learned a lot of things. They they thought it was uh, very impressive how Buford. You know, that's the reason they're so good every year. No matter how many kids graduate, Buford's a monster for class. They have a system that is built from the ground up from that time there, little midgets to the time there in high school. So uh, it's, make no mistake, it's not a it's not a fluke that Buford's doing every year. And Buford will be playing up in the highest classification next year as Georgia grows into a seventh classification also next year. And Buford will probably be the smallest school in that classification. I mean. Oh, well, Buford will be a handful for whoever gets them. <laughs> And 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 they did beat a playoff. They did they beat two playoff teams from six A. They beat McEachern, um with the Georgia commit Bailey Hockman, uh, quarterback Bailey Hockman, um, at McEachern. And they also beat um they also won against another six A school that that played in the playoffs this year and I cannot remember the name of the school right off, but I mean Buford's always been a great school and you know, Cartersville, of course, you know, if you know anything about Cartersville High School, former Auburn running back Ronnie Brown went to Cartersville. And notice I notice I, I, I said Auburn. Notice I said Auburn in that in that sentence. War Eagle. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, when they play Bainbridge South Georgia, another school from South Georgia, you know, that's that's making its way through. And, you know, so on and so forth. I mean, Calhoun, another North Georgia power, making it to their ninth consecutive semifinal game. They play Blessed Trinity of the Atlanta area. And Calhoun is also home of Alabama kicker Adam Griffith, Mr. One Second himself. <laughs> so, you know, I got some, I got some, some guys over here that that they ragging me because they Alabama fans. You know, see, uh, see, I'm see, what I'm talking about. Just can't win for losing half the time. Oh boy, here we go. But uh, we're gonna jump over. We're gonna jump over into some, some college football now. And last last night, you know, a couple of rivalry games. Uh, Washington and Washington State played last night in the Apple Cup, and Washington, I think, got lucky because they didn't have because Washington State uh, quarterback actually could not play in this game, and it hurt them in the end. And they actually. End up beating Washington State forty-five to ten. Yeah, that was uh, I, I thought you know Falk not playing really hurt Washington State because Leach is a primarily a quarterback. He's a quarterback-oriented guy, always has been. He puts a lot on his quarterback, so anytime you have to go to a backup, it's usually a uh, you know usually a tough situation. I would have to say I think Washington was pumped up. Chris Peterson just got a two-year extension. I thought at home, you know Washington they played really well. I think Washington's team to look out for next year. 
because uh, Browning, their quarterback, a lot of people just don't know this. Actually, I, I got to ask an Alabama fan last night. Browning is the quarterback they wanted. Alabama wanted him. Uh, he's a true freshman from Washington, Jake Browning, I believe. But uh, Alabama wanted him before Blake Barnett. Browning was ready to handle Blake Barnett by most college coaches and by a lot of recruiting, by a lot of scouts. Uh, Jake, uh, the Browning kid, Barry and Princeton, I think Washington, will, that'll be somebody to grow off of. You better look out next year because that kid will have a year of experience under his belt. And I think uh, he may be maybe ready to show everybody, you know, what he's all about. And, and I agree. And, and the fact that he was even thrust into the starting position at Washington because of the, the retirement of Solomon Miles, um, uh, Solomon Miles, who had to give up football because of a degenerative hip um, condition, similar to the uh, condition that Bo Jackson has. And he's actually looking at hip replacement surgery uh, here in the next couple of weeks. So, um, from what I understand in following his Twitter feed. So um, big ups to, to Silent Miles and uh, hope, hopefully you'll recover and have a, have a prosperous life. Um, but this Browning kid, I, I watched him, I watched him early in the season against, against Oregon state and he didn't have a particularly great game, but he actually willed that team to win that game. So um, with that being said, and, and, you know the things that I that that you had heard about him and Blake Barnett, I can see where a lot of people think that way of him. He is a true dual threat quarterback, but he's a pass first dual threat quarterback as opposed to Blake Barnett, who you just don't know what he is because he does both. Yeah, Barnett. Well, Barnett's a bigger athlete, more impressive as far as physically, but. Uh, Nick Saban thought the same thing a lot of people thought. Uh, you know, you win games at quarterback first and foremost with your head and your accuracy. And Browning is is he is elite in both of those. Uh, that's why Alabama offered Browning before they offered Barnett. Browning chose Washington over actually chose Washington over Alabama another name. And then uh, Alabama came back to Barnett and got it. So uh, Barnett, the Barnett's a, he's Barnett's huge. He's about six eight, and he can run on your own. Uh, I like Barnett. I think he's, got, he's physically he's an impressive athlete. Browning was the quarterback, and rightfully so, that everybody wanted. And Washington was fortunate enough to get him. You know, another game in the Pacific Northwest was the Civil War last night. And personally, I think Oregon is the best three-loss team in the nation. And if Vernon Adams was healthy throughout the season, I think they only have one loss. Well, two losses. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're probably right. They're playing very well. They're, they're only, their problem is, and I think you saw it last night, their problem is their defense. They couldn't stop a nosebleed. Uh, that's their biggest problem. Their offense were running out of them. They're sitting there healthy. They're clicking it. Hey, they're tough to stop. No doubt about it. You know, and, that, and that's the sad thing is that you, know, you got a great offense, but you have no defense to get to get you off the field. So you have to outscore people left and right just to win a game. And it's sad because you got a secondary, you got great secondary, all those West Coast kids in that secondary that were four- and five-star recruits, but they're playing more like a high school, a high school team with 
little to no coaching, seems like. You're right, and a lot of times you have a, when you when just, just get uh, unorganized, uh, you know, this is where the, the, the big time makes sense to make your money. Sometimes you see you see some crazy things going on with, with, uh, with different programs for things to fall apart. And we got my man T Rex on the line with us. T Rex, time in. Yeah. What's up, y'all? Definitely, definitely a great day. Always good to hear from Scott Smith and, uh, of course, you, Jermaine. And all those bammers in the background uh, in the studio there, I just want to tell them, War Eagle, it's going to be a great day on the plains. And, you know, I'm I'm a fan, man, but in reality, I it's going to be a close game. But I just hope we, we can find some kind of way to, to pull out the game tonight. Let's jump, let's, jump into some, let's jump into some today's game. The early games, Clemson, South Carolina. Undefeated Clemson, three and eight South Carolina. The records go out the window in this game. But how many points does Clemson beat South Carolina by? Uh, three touchdowns. Uh, I say it's close first quarter. Like I said, emotion emotion will get you through a quarter. Now after that is football. <laughs> you know, in these rivalry games. You know, don't get me wrong, I'll throw out the records to an extent, but emotion gets you through a quarter. You better be ahead if you're not a better team. And, I, and I'm not, not bringing up anything, but Auburn's Alabama. Auburn better be ahead after the first quarter. Because if you're not, it's going to be a rough go of it. Uh, you know, same thing with Clemson, South Carolina. Clemson's a load. I'm going to tell you, Notre Dame played them. Their front seven is as good stop and run as anybody in the country, including Alabama. Their front seven's a handful. Uh, so, you know, if that's not going to win, they better figure out how to throw it. That's all I'm going to tell them. T-Rex. Yeah, I agree with Scott. I think it's going to be a three-touchdown blowout between Clemson and South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina this year has has underachieved, and I don't really see them getting that passing game going against Clemson. Uh, Clemson is very dominant on defense and also on the offensive side, too, so I do agree with with the score being like a twenty one point, even more. Yeah, I was thinking four touchdowns myself, but I'm gonna stay with the three touchdowns, like you guys said. Ohio State, Michigan. That, that's a tough one right there. I will tell you, that's a coin flip, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of emotion gonna go on. You know, uh, as far as the, that game, the emotions is near two quarters sometimes. Athletes are similar. I think Michigan's got better athletes than people give them credit for. I think Ohio State wilts late in the fourth quarter, and Michigan wins the closer. I agree. And you look at both of these schools, and you look at their makeup, their roster makeup. Michigan has a lot of Ohio athletes on his uh, on their roster, and we all know that Ohio State can recruit in state and around the nation. Is Michigan back to being that nationwide recruiting hub like they used to be in the eighties and the nineties? I think so. Yeah, Michigan's a recruiting monster. And that they'll be able, they'll be coming into the south, taking on people like Alabama and Florida and stuff head to head and winning some of those matchups. Short things, hardball. 
about Michigan today. You're talking about who wouldn't want to go play in front of 150,000 people. I would. <laughs> With Jim Harbaugh <laughs> uh, as my coach, yes, I would. So, yeah, Michigan is a national recruiting power. And, you know, T-Rex, what's your thoughts on Ohio State-Michigan? Well, I actually have a good feeling that Michigan might pull it off with a simple fact that, you know, playing football is an emotional game, and you got to remember that we, we have kids that that's playing this game. I, I think they probably still have a hangover from that loss from last week against Michigan State. So I think if Michigan can, um, you know, Jump on them early and kind of control the ball throughout the game. I think I can make it. They can um, pull the upset out today. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a different route with this, and I'm gonna break it down. The defenses for both Ohio State and Michigan they give up they give up so they can give up some points, but they can also be stingy. For me, it'll come down to quarterback play. And Jake Rudolph, for me, has shined in the last six, seven games. I think that he could be the difference over three quarterbacks that are, I don't want to call them mediocre, but they're not playing as well as they should be playing. If if they that makes struggling. sense. Yeah, the Ohio quarterbacks are struggling, no doubt. So, I mean... And Rudolph doesn't give up, doesn't doesn't turn doesn't turn the ball over. So it really comes down to who can get the defensive stop first. And I like Jabril Peppers in Michigan, but I think in a very close game, just like you said, Ohio State will wilt. But is the play calling going to be better? this week than it was last week. I, I don't know. I, but I will I'll give the slight edge to Michigan because of the quarterback play. And I, I, I actually think that this could be a field goal game. I, I actually think that the field that, that this game will be won by a field goal by Michigan. Now let's jump to some of the some of the bigger games um tonight. Notre Dame and Stanford. Wow, what a homer. Just cause they were <laughs> just cause they were red like like Alabama. See, I'm I, this is my thing. I can't pick nobody that's even wearing the the, the crimson shade today. Except for Ole Miss, I mean, I just can't do it. I can't do it. Notre Dame and Stanford. Well, I'm telling you, whoever they is wearing the red, pulling for it. They pull for the Cardinals tonight. They're gonna be in trouble. They're gonna have a rough evening. The Irish coming to Irish coming to town, and they're gonna stamp. They're gonna stamp the Cardinal. They're gonna be wearing all white by the night, though. They're gonna they're gonna be surrendering. I, I, you know what? I, I'm not even gonna acknowledge what what Mr. Chapman just said because <laughs> I like Deshaun Kaiser, 
I loved I loved the, the receiving core at at Notre Dame. They've come of age this season. And you know their their one loss I mean, their one loss to me was an aberration. So I mean, they're a solid New Year's Six team. Do I think that they should be in the top four? Of course. I think if they beat Stanford soundly, which I think they will, if they don't give up a lot of running, a lot of running yards, I like Notre Dame. I'll tell you that straight up. That's Christian McCaffrey for my money. Yeah, is the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, I don't think Notre Dame can stop him, but I think Notre Dame can win a shootout. You know, I, I and I love the true freshmen that that Notre Dame have played this year, um, especially the true freshman defensive tackle. Um, in watching the uh, the Showtime show and seeing him mature as the season goes, and seeing how good he really is, it's scary of what Notre Dame will be in the next two three years. I really think they're the best teachers. You know, Notre Dame's teachers are bright. I think uh, today's game is highly important for this reason. And a lot of people aren't considering this. Notre Dame's lost seven starters at right now are out. When we started the year, seven starters are out. If Notre Dame wins tonight, they were to get into the playoffs. They would get three of those guys back for the playoffs. Uh, I think if Notre Dame gets in, they got a chance uh, as far as to compete. Uh, tonight, it's going to be hard to beat Stanford, honestly, without without all the starters. But Brian Kelly's proven his recruiting is pretty good. So uh, the guys he put in is good so far. Hopefully that will continue to be. And Notre Dame can have a chance to uh, get back into the, the top four. T-Rex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, want, I want to chime in on a, a North Dame-Stanford game. I'm going for the Irish. I know Scott is a big fan of that fighting Irish there. I kind of want to see them ease their way into the, the top four because right now, you know, the polls are not looking good at the moment, but I would definitely like to see Notre Dame in, in the top four. Uh, you know, of course, you know, if Alabama wins today, there might be a chance that they might be playing each other uh, in, in the semifinals of the uh, playoffs. Uh, as for Mr. Chapman that keeps on – Chiming in behind you, though. He, he know what the deal is, so he just need to just chill out. <laughs> you know what? You know we go. You know we gonna go back to my home state real quick before we get into the Alabama Auburn conversation. Northwestern and Illinois. Illinois needs a win to be bowl eligible. Northwestern nine and two. They're playing themselves into a New Year's Six bowl game with a win, and hopefully one of the other group of five teams falters today. Who do you think wins this game? I, I got Northwestern by, by a touchdown to 10 points somewhere in that range. I think Illinois, you know, they hadn't played under, under, bad under Cubic. I think Cubic may, may have earned himself a chance at getting the head job, possibly. Uh, he's a pretty decent coach. And, uh, you know, the quarterback, Bokum, the guy transferred from Oklahoma State, he's not bad. He's slow as molasses, pouring out of a jar. But 
he's not a bad quarterback. I like Little Western though. Pat Fitzgerald's a good coach. I I like I like uh, Northwestern in this game also, but um, according to the athletics department, in um, reading some some notes and things from from uh, the Illinois side of things, Bill Cubitt has been offered a two year contract, um, a little under a million dollars per year, to become the head coach at Illinois. Don't know if it's he's going to take it as yet. That's good for him. I think that's uh, excellent as far as I think he's done a good job. I'll tell you, that's a good point. Street player recruiting player. Because Illinois has extended two offers recently. So, and I'm hoping they'll, they'll stay on the table. <laughs> you know, in Illinois, you know, you hear so much about these schools with their stringent um, admission standards. Illinois even though it's a state school is one of those schools with the stringent um with the stringent academic um progress they would want you to have. Um Yeah. Northwestern I, I, you know, I had a kid a couple of, I had a kid a couple of years ago out of Auburn that Illinois offered he wanted to commit and uh he made the NCAA standards but Illinois said he didn't meet their standards. So he ended up getting into Michael Payne, ended up signing with Western Kentucky. Because you couldn't get in admissions for Illinois. I mean, and we all know the admission standards for for Northwestern. I mean, they're they're like the Ivy League school in the Midwest. So you know what you're going to get from Northwestern. You're going to get smart players who can play, or smart players who can play but decide to be actors, or smart players who decide to play pro football but also decide to. Well, you get my point. <laughs> but moving on, UCLA, USC, Pac-12 South Championship game, de facto. I like USC in this matchup, and yes, I am picking somebody red. <laughs> but I, I, I love Josh Rosen as a quarterback, don't get me wrong. But the the Miles Jack loss for UCLA hurt them on both sides of the ball. And that's why they have the three losses that they have. USC, on the other hand, they have three losses because bad coaching and just outright just being outplayed. Who wins this matchup? I, I got UCLA. Yeah, I got UCLA because I, I think Jim uh, Moore is, is uh, not a great coach, but I think there's more stability in the UCLA system and on the UCLA sideline than in USC. You saw some of that last week in USC. They got bludgeoned. Uh, I, I think UCLA is more of a stable situation in the program right now. I think that'll show up in the game. USC will turn the football over. UCLA won't. I think USC wins by 10. I mean, UCLA wins by 10. You know, we've got a lot of ACC ACC matchups in in rivalry week also. Georgia Tech-Georgia, this is a big game for both coaches. 
if Paul Johnson doesn't win this game, do you think he's out as head coach at Georgia Tech? And if Mark Rick loses this game, do you think he's out as head coach at Georgia? I think Rick's already out. I think he's already out. Um, I think Paul Johnson, I think from last year with Paul Johnson and when he put on Mississippi State and Orange Bowl, got him another year. Now, granted, they've been disappointed this year. I think Paul Johnson, win or lose, has one more year. And I do think they will literally tell him, next year you better – you better figure it out. Because uh, if you remember last year and last year, I mean, the last year a lot of people, they kind of told him, you better figure it out, and he figured it out. Uh, this year they struggled, but I believe last year, you know, got him a little bit of leeway. Uh, so with that being said, I, I think it's interesting, you know, what I think Georgia, in my opinion, this is my opinion, I believe Georgia, the Georgia fans overestimate what they should do as a program. So, Robert that State for Martin Rick did too let them you know, go find out. You're not a national championship program. You're not. Period. Point blank. End of story. You won one in your history. So like all these Georgia fans that want to be playing fast titles every year, that's ridiculous. Like it, it really just it arcs me to no end because it's ridiculous. Alright, so it, 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 that's not the program you're on. Georgia is not Alabama. Never will be. I don't care what they say. So these Georgia fans ain't like millions of years not good enough for them. Well, go find somebody else. That's what Mark Rick needs to do. If I was Mark Rick, I would retire. And I believe Mark Rick is done. I believe he's done somewhere at the other. I would definitely agree with you on that. And you know, fourteen years, over hundred, over hundred wins at Georgia. I think it's time for a fresh face, but. If you can't find that person, I mean, who would you who are you going to turn to? Well, I mean, yeah, ten wins a year is not good enough for you at a program. Again, like I said, there's one one, one national title ever. So, I mean, what do you expect? Mark <laughs> Rick has had the best run in the, of Georgia. Georgia coaches have been Rick. Average more wins a year than they do, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> this is true. Well, I don't know what they're looking for. You know, we haven't talked about either either of these two games. We haven't talked about Florida, Florida State. We haven't talked about the Bedlam game. I'm gonna save the Bedlam game and, and the Alabama Auburn game for the next for the next few minutes. But let, let's let's talk about the SEC East champion, Florida Gators, and number fourteen Florida State. This is got. This has got just recruiting implications all over it because it does. Felipe and you got to put the hat Jim McElwain. He's done a great job. It does have a lot of recruiting implications, but I think I think the team that's going to win today is not the team that's going forward in the most positive state. To me, Florida State's backing up a little bit with Jimbo Fisher. I think Florida is definitely uh, the era is pointing up. <laughs> I like I like Florida State today, but I think Florida's Jim got they got it right. Michael Wayne's the right guy. I I definitely I I would I agree hundred percent with you. And when you look at what Coach Michael Wayne has done as an assistant coach and in his three years at Colorado State, having them on the coast of being in that New Year's six last year and Seeing what he did at Alabama, 
in that national championship game against LSU. I, I just I like what he does, and he he plays to his quarterback strengths. He knows that Treon Harris is a rollout accurate passer on the rollout, so he gets the pocket moving. He has a great running back in Kelvin Taylor. He's got great defensive back and got great defensive backs. Got a great front seven. Florida State, they can't defend the pass. They they can't, and they can barely defend the run. I mean, you lose to a three and eight Georgia Tech squad that you shouldn't have lost to. That you shouldn't have been in the ball game with. So when you look at it from that standpoint. I like Florida, but at the same time, if you look at what Sean McGuire's done, you look at what Everett Golson's done, their bodies of work are really good. So it's hard to it's hard to to, to pick this game without without really giving credit to the other squads. It's definitely a tough one. I, I think Dolson is going to emerge at some point here in the day. Uh, being a Notre Dame fan, I believe in Dolson. <laughs> but no, I, I, I think I, I think uh, Florida State got they are a little soft, and that's what Florida's got physically. Uh, but I think Florida State's got more talent, and I think it showed up last morning, Lenny. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I, I, my confidence on the Florida being able to actually compete. I guess the team is not real high right now. And both teams, like you said, both teams played sloppy last week. So, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to pick this game. Now, with Everett Golson coming to Florida State, did this stunt Sean McGuire's growth, or did it enhance his growth because of the experience that Everett Golson has? I think it definitely would enhance it. Knowing Dawson uh, because of a professional, he probably has helped that kid, you know, off the field where nobody's talking about. Dawson's a good guy, and he's probably he's probably been beneficial for a while. And I, I I hope that you know next year, not a Everett Dawson will probably be an NFL quarterback, maybe an NFL defensive back maybe a CFL player next year. I really hope that Sean McGuire took heed to what he's been taught by Everett Golson. Now, let's bump over to the big one, buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you hear these these clowns in the background. Oh, boy. Really? This is probably the only rock song he knows. <laughs> Alabama Auburn guys, War Eagle to everybody. And it's Jordan Hare. Two years ago, we all know what happened at Jordan Hare. This year, six and six and five Auburn. Ten and one Alabama. 
how good can this team be? How good can this game be? Mm. In my Uh-oh. opinion, I'm, I'm, I'm away from the situation. I'm careless who wins swing it to. So I have no dog in the fight. In my opinion, Auburn's going to play well in the first quarter, quarter and a half. They'll be competitive for a little while. Being if they can be close to the halftime. Uh, at some point in time, Alabama's going to kick in, and Alabama's going to win about, I'm going to say, 17. 34 17 is my prediction. I predict in 17 14 Alabama halftime. Final score 34 17. T Rex. Yeah. My prediction is if Auburn can keep keep the game close, you know, like Scott was saying, you know, even though he predicted Alabama to win, that there's a there's a chance because you know it's going to be a lot of emotion going to the game. So you, the first half. We really don't know what was what it's gonna be because it's gonna be very emotional. But then after that, you're really gonna see um, the talent from both sides of the ball. If, is Jeremy Johnson gonna finally show up like he like they have predicted him to be throughout this season? You know, beginning of the season, or if he's gonna be the same offense that we have been seeing throughout the year? The defense has improved with Carl Lawson back, but I'm just gonna leave it like that. I'm, I'm expecting it to be a good game. You know, I'm an Auburn fan, diehard. Alabama probably will win this game, but if Auburn can keep it close, you never know what's going to happen. I definitely agree with you. The admin, Wendy. What's going on, Wendy? Um, not much. How are you, Jermaine? War Eagle. <laughs> Roll Tide. What's up with my Bama <laughs> boys in the background over there? <laughs> See, you got my cousin in the background. You got my brother <laughs> on the side of me. It's like I I can't I can't win for losing. I'm gonna call your mama on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I li- I'd rather have my ball spot showing than to wear an Alabama hat. I'm just saying. But to Scott to Scott's opinion and. And view on this game, I don't think it'll be that that big of a, a spread. I know that the that the uh, spread is uh, twelve and a half points in Vegas. Am, am I right, Terrence? I know at last. Um, Why you got to turn the uh, last, the, the, the last I saw was like fourteen and a half. Fourteen and a half. Yes. As I mean, of right now, I, it's, it probably was twelve and a half yesterday. I I just, I just think that Alabama, I just think that Alabama can't compete with the noise in the crowd level at at Auburn. I mean, I just can't, I just can't see that that happening. I mean, I'll never, I'll never pick against Auburn in this game because, for one, there's too many Fairweather T-shirt fans out here. Like these two clowns behind me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know the T-shirt fans. You know the ones that buy the T-shirt from Walmart and say that they Alabama fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I, I can, I can, But you know, I, I ain't gonna say. But I said my, you know, my what my degree is from though. But you know. <laughs> You in the Alabama system. You didn't go to Tuscaloosa. You went to Huntsville. Right. So 
That don't even matter. <laughs> okay, let me give you some historical facts here. Let me give you some histor let me give you some historical facts here. In the eleven games that that Alabama has played at Auburn, they've only won three times. Okay. In the eleven games that Auburn has played at Alabama, Auburn has won five of those eleven games. So if we look at this correctly, T Rex Mm-hmm. I think we're due a win today. Oh, good night. So what you're saying is, is Auburn practices all year just to come out and beat Alabama. They don't worry about going to any of the playoffs hey. or anything like that. Their big thing is we, we, we practice we, we, all we, year. <laughs> we played everybody close the entire year. And y'all got – in Alabama – Alabama. I'll take a like this. Let's just take it back. A fluke. Let's take a, let's, let's take it back to the '89 season when Alabama came in at number two, and they had a shot at the national championship that year. You know, Auburn was number eleven then, even though I know we're not ranked this year. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that was Reggie Slack and Gary Hollingsworth. I remember that like it was yesterday. Yes, <laughs> and the head coach of the and the head coach of the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide was Bill Curry, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah, it was. It was Bill Curry was at Auburn. It's not what got him fired, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then yeah, they lost here's, here's two the guys in the row. Question that. I got to pose to you guys. You're bringing up the past. You got here's the question you got to pose. <laughs> Is this Auburn team as good as some of those Auburn teams that won in the past? No. No. No, no, no. That, 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 there we go. We won't know your name. We won't know your name. You know the the best the best six the best six win Auburn team that that's gone against George that's gone against Alabama was the 2003 team for me because that was the team that was preseason number five and we lost to Georgia Tech and. Uh, and we lost the first game of the season. UNC came into Auburn and splattered them. I remember that. Right. And then we went to Georgia Tech and lost. I thought that was the best six-win team that we had going against Alabama. This team, yeah, we're, we're bowl eligible. And, yeah, <laughs> we've lost games we shouldn't have lost this year. But – I'm I, I'm not gonna lose faith in in this team. See what I'm talking about? They they everybody everybody underachieved this year. They didn't play to their potential or the preseason height that the team had. So we came in number seven. We were supposed to be the national championship favorites to play in the game and all this stuff. So evidently. You know, all the analysts saw something in, in, in these players. So, hopefully, today, whatever the world or the college football nations saw in this team, they can play to the, their potential to, to keep this game close and then try to find some way to pull it out. Auburn going to shock the world. <laughs> Auburn going to shock the world tonight. For what purpose? You know, I, for I don't what talk, purpose? I don't talk for what purpose to say they had a terrible – 
season just to come back and beat Alabama. That's the only purpose. Right now it is. Because <laughs> well, we're I not going anywhere probably the Birmingham Bowl. <laughs> yes. So why, so why you want to hold your home state back? Because... <laughs> because we are the state. Ball, Auburn, is the state. <laughs> Auburn is the state. Didn't y'all see the shirt? The state of Auburn? <laughs> it's just a shirt, man. Boy, that's new ladies. I wish y'all John would call in so that way I can tell him a couple things, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Young Johnny is nowhere to be found, but I'm sure uh, he's bumping his song today. Yeah, he's somewhere. Yes, he's yes, somewhere man. singing his somewhere singing his lullaby. He's so Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so and then Alabama. This guy's singing I'm so Alabama. It. So I mean, I don't understand it. I don't. I don't. Man. Yeah, I'm ready. We ready for this guy. To put on the grill, you know. We will celebrate Alabama's win. Roll tide, Trey. Which one, Mama? Hey, Auburn. If somewhere, if somehow they find a way to pull this victory, we're gonna load up the party bus. We're gonna take them Alabama. Fans down to Auburn with the road of tree with us. I'm already saying it. I'm gonna take off my clothes. I'm gonna walk around in my drawers on, on, on Tuesday. Oh no! <laughs> oh, goodness, <laughs> now we got definitely got to pull this win out. <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! That ain't funny. <laughs> Y'all ain't like funny. Catch cold or nothing. That's yeah. all. I, I would rather catch pneumonia <laughs> than 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 to see Alabama win. Oh, watch yourself, man. Watch yourself. Some fast for the road. You better take your vitamins. Oh, I am. I am. <laughs> I got a, I got a couple bottles of Stella here waiting waiting on everybody. Oh man. <laughs> but. Here's a, here's the kicker though. It, it, it's a lot of fun to talk banter back and forth with everybody, especially about Alabama Auburn being, you know, everybody. <coughs> excuse me. Everybody, you know, on one side or the other. But we we all know it's in good fun, and that's why you know I can talk to you guys and have fun with everybody, especially the Notre Dame fan because. I- because you know, and this guy's still yelling Stanford. So I mean, we won't be yelling that tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Trey. Yeah, Trey. Because I, I, I like because you know, growing up in the Midwest, you know, for the short time that I did, it was either Ohio State, Notre Dame, or Michigan. You didn't really have no other in between, especially in the city of Chicago. So right. you always you always saw Notre Dame on TV. You always saw Michigan on TV. You always saw Ohio State on TV. So I always had that that respect for Notre Dame 
And even though it's a it's a Jesuit slash Catholic school, you gotta love what they what they stand for and the traditions that they that they uphold. So, and it's the same way with Alabama, same way with Georgia, same way with Alabama, same way with Auburn. We all have our preferences, we all have our loves, but in in the end, it's all about the game of football. So that's the that's what we really have to look at. You know, when you put right. things in perspective like that. That's right. right. I, that's I got it. an interesting little question for you, and then I want to see where you guys stand on this. So you pull up for Auburn to beat Alabama. Are you okay with doing that, even if you spent the SEC? Because if Auburn beats Alabama and Alabama beats Florida, SEC has no playoff team. Is that all right with you guys? He does make a good point, though. Yes, yeah, he and does he, have a good point. He, he, he I, <laughs> I guess I'm pulling for Auburn. I'm pulling for Auburn today. It's official. I'm pulling for Auburn today. <laughs> hey, War I didn't think about that. <laughs> yep, if Auburn beats Alabama and Alabama beats Florida, SEC sending it home for the playoffs. Right, and I mean, then Notre Dame will get that. Get will we'll, we'll jump into the top four. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that's what we're going for. Now they beat Stanford. They're a solid playoff team. I mean, that's if. If they beat Stanford, they're a solid playoff team. Yeah. Because so who, who, who would you remove? Though? I would remove Oklahoma because we beat Texas. If Alabama loses, lost Texas by thirty. That's who I would remove. Okay. But now I don't think the committee's gonna do that. Now that's the problem. I think Oklahoma State needs to beat Oklahoma. But but in reality. Oklahoma and Notre Dame's resume speak for itself. Texas, that's, that speaks for both of them. We played them three weeks apart. I don't understand what, what they're looking at. Right. Hmm. Man, we got I, – I'm speechless because um, I didn't really think about it like that. Um, That got me kind of shell-shocked now. <laughs> yep, that would be the case. <laughs> but with Alabama being a two and Notre Dame being a four, with this loss to if Auburn beats Alabama, would that drop them to five, or would it drop them to would it keep them in? No, if Auburn, if Auburn beats, if the six is five, Auburn team beats Alabama, they drop to number seven, number eight, and it's over with. And that means I mean, Ole Miss you're not, talking, you're, not about, you're not talking about Alabama losing to a good team. No offense. You're talking about Alabama losing to a, to a mediocre team. They would have to drop like a stack of rocks. He does make a good point, though. He do make a good point. But Alabama is not going to win. Alabama not gonna win, but if they do win, this solidifies both the SEC having the playoff team and knocks the Big Twelve completely out. No, Oklahoma's in if they if they win. Oklahoma's probably gonna be in if they win. Yeah, but unfortunately, I mean. To, to me, to me, Oklahoma should be out regardless if Notre Dame wins. But the reality is, is if Oklahoma wins, they're in. 
So, would do you see a two-three matchup between Oklahoma and Notre Dame, and a one-four matchup between Clemson and whoever else they will play? Clemson in the Big Ten, which will probably be Iowa. Or does yeah, Iowa jump to number two? That would probably be the way it would play out. It would be Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Iowa. Yeah. Well, no, Iowa would move to three. If Iowa wins the Big Ten, Iowa would move to three. It'd probably be a Notre Dame, Clemson, three match. And an Iowa, Oklahoma match. Hmm. This is a lot of fun, guys. And I'm so, so glad to have Scott back on the show. We we're gonna do this again next week, championship Saturday. A lot of Big Twelve implications next week as well. The SEC championship game next week. Ole Miss is gonna be there. Um, since we're gonna beat Alabama, so um, <clears throat> with that being said, Scott Smith, thanks so much for being a part of the show, and. Check out Scott Smith online, streetlightrecruiting.com. Check him out, YouTube channel. Check him out on um, on um, Twitter. His phone number is on his – his phone number is? If you want to reach three, the Jerry Maguire recruiting. 334-524-9334. And, yes, it's on my uh, website and – and they, uh, on my Facebook page, as well as my YouTube channel, it's everywhere. The Live by Terrence Network, uh, T-Rex, the Live by Terrence show every Tuesday. Turntable, Turntable Thursdays with DJ EA on, on Saturday. And myself, the tailgate crew, myself and Scott Smith every Saturday. So glad to have you back on the show, buddy. Uh, hey, I enjoyed it. Tell your family I said hello. Uh, hopefully we get to do this again next week. Special thanks to yeah, my cousin Darrell. Uh, my man, my man Trey Chapman. Casey Cordier. Uh, of course, the admin T-Rex. The admin T-Rex. Everybody. Y'all have fun. Let's go tailgating and War Eagle. See ham on the track. War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle.
white. Yeah. I wanna show you something. So that's out of sight. Sit back and draw the show. Watch Noah take flight. We fit and play a fit and leave. They all straight. Nick started tell me. Join hell and get this tiger paw. Need Marshall Mike, that's so soon that they hike it off. Yeah. Or get that thing to Corey Grant, I bet huh. he taking off. Trey Mason Mike, they come straight out that backfield. Fly right by your ring, you over, go get an Advil. This the home of Randy Brown and Bo Jackson. Ready to line up on that field. Told us pro action. Helmets clashing. Drop back, quarterback pass. Might juke you out your shoe. Ooh, that was nasty. On yelling. 